This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. We are back after a one-week hiatus from the program. We have a lot to talk about. We're discussing the Manchester terror attack. We're talking about Terrence Crutcher. We're talking about our president, Trump, and his relationship with Recep Erdogan and Rodrigo Duterte. What else, Joey? Talk about ransomware and bitcoins. Oh, that's right. We all could have been rich. Stick around. Oh, it's Matt's birthday. This is the Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. My name is Christopher Patrick Flannery. I'm joined, as always, by Joseph Anthony Noe the Third. Hi, everyone out there. And Matt Daigle Weiss, who turns 27 years of age today. Congratulations. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, happy birthday, man. How you doing? I'm good. Good birthday so far, except for the rain. But Yeah, but you know what? We're gonna, we will overcome. Yeah, and after this, I'll go ahead and get all the free drinks I can tonight. There you go. It's a perfect nice. plan. Welcome back to the Mandatory Samson Podcast after a week away. We appreciate you joining us once again to discuss a variety of topics, including but not limited to Chelsea Manning, Julian Assange, the American Healthcare Act scored by CBO, Dakota Access Pipeline is leaking already. Nice. The Manchester terrorist attack. We're going to get into that. A little bit. We're also talking about Terrence Crutcher. There was a trial uh, against Betty Joe Shelby, mm-hmm. who shot him. Well, this is a story we talked about on MSP 97, if you want to go back and listen to the, the original conversation we had about this. Uh, there was a verdict in the trial against Betty Joe Shelby, and I want to talk about that a little bit later in the program. Also, we're talking about Donald John Trump, the President of the United States, dealing with Recep Erdogan, the president of Turkey, and Rodrigo Duterte, who's the president of the Philippines. We're going to get into that. The ransomware attack that was running rampant is now under control. And, of course, we have a Trump odds and ends featuring a quick investigation roundup. Ooh. So we got a lot to get to on today's program. Also, let me say this. We are sponsored today by Blue Apron. We appreciate it. We're going to have a special guest joining us a little bit later in the program for the Blue Apron read. We're going to get a real-life testimonial. Nice. So that's a little bit of a tease. Also, also, next week, we're going to be talking about some Facebook internal rulebook leaks that came out, which ooh, I didn't ooh, have a chance ooh, to like ooh, ooh. look through completely this week, but we will be talking about that next week. Very interesting stuff. Kind of how they determine what is acceptable, not acceptable on Facebook. Kind of, you know. The meat of how they they approach the site, which is really interesting. So it's just not a bunch of monkeys in a room on a typewriter? I don't know. It could be. I just have the documents. I don't have video of anybody actually applying them to anything. So okay. it could easily be a bunch of monkeys. I don't know. I assume not, though. Uh, shout outs to Jen, Alex, and Evan. They sent in some emails. We thank you for those emails. We will discuss them on a bonus episode of the Mandatory Sam's Podcast, which we're going to be recording uh, after this, and it will come out at the same time as this episode, Uh, but that will be called MSP 128.5. 
emails, maybe a little other stuff, but it'll be a quick thing, but I figure we'll, we'll do it justice and have those emails on the, uh, the bonus episode. Nice. And, uh, you can find that wherever you find this podcast, that'll be out, you know, right next to it. Sound good. Sounds fantastic. Now, Joey, before we get started, you yes. were looking at the rundown. You waited until I started the clock. Yes. Um, to bring up the fact that I left something off the rundown. I had Julian Assange, Chelsea Manning as like a, a heading, a heading in our email that I sent out, mm-hmm. and I didn't put any of the Julian Assange stuff. I forgot. But I, get I know bonus what it points, is. right? Yeah, you do get bonus points, but we'll we'll uh, you know uh, we can still bring it up. But I didn't have it on the rundown. Now I just want to take a moment and say that um, I was very sad about the news that we got last week. Okay. About Roger Ailes, yeah. Not about Roger Ailes. Who is the other one? Chris Cornell. Yes, Chris Cornell. Yeah. Who at one point I was listening to the Audio Slave album every day in summer running on a treadmill. Oh, absolutely. Which one? Out of Exile? Yes. Yeah. So so it was an album that was close to my heart. I literally listened to it every day. And what happened was a shame. And I just wanted to... To say that my prayers and thoughts go out to the family. Yeah, absolutely, man. I uh, I went to the reason we didn't record last week because I had a wedding in Chicago and I left uh, Thursday night, and that was. I think you texted me that yeah, morning, and, and which, by the way, at a quarter to seven, I was like, "What are you out of your mind? You could have waited." But I was in line at the inspection line for the cars in New Jersey, and I was just so shocked that I thought I had to reach out and tell you. Right. So I got back to Joey around eleven, and then I. Uh, um, but yeah, man, I, 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 on the way to the airport, on the plane, everything I was listening to audio slave, which was, you know, one of my favorite bands. And like you said, out of exile, it's probably one of my favorite albums. And it's really, um, yeah, that's sad that it affected me more like as the day went on, cause I'm listening to all these songs and I'm like, God damn, this guy was great. And yeah. you know, it's a sad thing. So yeah. Rest in peace. Chris Cornell, one of the best, uh, really right. One of the best ge- musicians of our generation. Yes. Um, and also, you know, Roger Ailes. Yeah, Roger Ailes also died. <laughs> Joey texted me, so I wrote back to him, and I go, yeah, I know, that's really sad. I go, Roger Ailes died too. And he, his response to that was, big news day, brah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, Roger Ailes, uh, you know. I love how he texted that, brah. Bra- he did, yeah, B-R-A-H, yeah. Um, I heard a rumor that people were claiming that Roger Ailes died from a broken heart. <laughs> because that, of O'Reilly? <laughs> because of the, yeah, no. Cool. Because of all the sexual harassment suits that have been brought up against him, that he so. was such a good and upstanding man. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has a heart. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, does he have a heart to break? Did you actually hear the odd thing though? What, about what his son said? His son said yes, at did. the funeral uh, that he was gonna go get everybody. Right. Well, I don't know what that means, but all right. I don't know what that means either. Yeah. I mean, whatever. You know, look, I don't have a ton to say about Roger Ailes. I was just mentioning it. He obviously was extremely successful at what he was trying to do. I he think, was a pioneer. I think by and large, what he did was a detriment to the country and the democracy as a whole. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, you know, we don't celebrate somebody's death, but whatever. I don't have anything like uh, that doesn't affect me the way Chris Cornell dying does. But, or he, like, but he helped propagandize America. Yeah. He created a model, you know? So, okay. Anyway, and whatever. So we'll see what his son does. But obviously based on his son's reaction, he, he couldn't have raised him great. Wow. Well, right. If the first your dad dies, the first thing you're like, I'm gonna get them. I'm like, gonna oh, get what them are you all. Talking about your dad was a kind of a scumbag. Obviously, there's a lot of allegations, and you know he's paid out a lot of money for for abusing women, and he created a culture of 
you know, uh, Mad Men era ass grabbing in Fox. Like it's indisputable. So, you know, look, the guy was a success in some regards. He apparently was not the greatest uh, person in, in some other ways and whatever, you know, yeah. God rest him. And uh, maybe he comes back as a, uh, you know, a liberal news anchor in his next life. We'll see what happens. But anyway, so rest in peace to everybody that has died and let's get on with the program. You ready to do that? Uh, no, actually, oh there was God. one more. There was one more, and I just wanted to hear your opinion. Uh, not my favorite James Bond, not the original James Bond, but Sir Roger Moore did pass away as well. Doesn't affect me, honestly, at all. You like, haven't I don't seen have any, really of any the... No, I don't really have any You didn't see Moonraker. I've seen them, but I'm saying oh, but okay. I don't have any real connection. Moonraker is, the, is really the more film you go for? Moonraker? Out of all his movies, I don't know any of the other ones. <laughs> oh, Man with the Golden Gun. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah come on. Okay, no. I should have went with Man with the Golden Gun. I apologize I mean, to everyone out there. Obviously, Sean Connery is the best Bond. Moore is kind of... I'm dumb. a Pierce Brosnan guy. Uh, no, I really like... Um, I like Daniel Craig. Whatever. We're not going to start talking about that. I, uh, I think he's the second best Bond. Yeah. I, I Well, it's just grittier. It's like a different era. But yeah. anyway, but in any event, yeah. Re- I mean, rest in peace to uh, Roger Moore. I, I didn't... You know, I don't have any particular connection to him. So. Okay. I mean, um, they're, all, they're all better than George Lazenby, though. Yeah. I don't know. It's like for me to compare... I don't know. You know, I have no real basis. I don't think I've even seen that one. Under Majesty's Secret Service, I hated that movie. Hmm. It was just one. Yeah, it was. Just, it was the one. It was one that he's like, it got all in his head, and he's like, I want to go do my own artistic thing, and did nothing. Huh. All right. Uh, let's get on with the show. Yes, Enough. yes, Rest yes of course. Everybody, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I got. A, we got an extremely quick email from Tanner mm-hmm. in relation to the Bitcoin conversation we had a couple of weeks ago. Excuse me. Uh, he sent in an email. He says, on the topic of Bitcoin, we could have been rich, and he sent me a link. One dollar of Bitcoin, one dollar of like U.S. dollars right now equals two thousand four hundred forty-four dollars worth of bitcoins, which is a record high. Okay, so the the exchange rate is extremely high right now. If you invested one hundred dollars U.S. dollars worth of Bitcoin, uh, if you bought one hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin on May twenty-second, twenty ten, you'd have seventy-three million dollars worth of Bitcoin right now. Oh, good God! Why did, right. I not, why did I not invest in that? I know it actually. Ma- I answered him, and I was like, "This actually makes me sick because I'm well, sure none of us I knew about it." In I'm sure. No, I'm. Sh- I said to him, "I'm sure I did," and I'm sure I looked into it. And I looked into it for ten minutes, and I was like, "I don't get it," and I just stopped because so. it's stupid. But so, why aren't we hearing stories about all these Bitcoin millionaires right now? Well, here's the problem. Bit. Yes, that is the actual conversion rate, but who wants to do that conversion? You know what I mean? Like nobody's. Yeah. So, so the problem. The problem is actually getting it, turning it into real currency, right? Or being able to spend it, the seventy-three million Bitcoin. Like there's, you will see increasingly more places accepting Bitcoin. So if you have that 73 million and you can kind of like put it in some, you know, Bitcoin savings account, do that because in 10 years, 15, 20 years, you might be able to spend that 73 million Bitcoin on everything because stores are starting to accept that, particularly in Asia, they're, they're allowing it. Yeah. But, like if you move to Japan, right. uh, they use it as legal currency now. Right, uh, right, but not for everything. No, it's not like you can just go get like a, a plane ticket with Bitcoin. You might be able to in the future. Which congratulations if that's the case. But now I really got to figure out how to get some fucking Bitcoins for one Bitcoin. Chris. I, I, think, I think you really missed the missed the boat on that one. I don't know. I still think. Uh, I you think still it's going to keep do. rising? No, it's probably going to drop at some yeah. point. Right? Do you know what the first item that was purchased with the Bitcoin was? Yeah, pizza. Damn it! That's May twenty second. That's why the art. What the article was saying, May twenty second, twenty ten, was the first. Bitcoin purchase. Somebody bought a pizza. 
Papa John's. And which now those pizzas they said would be worth twenty five million dollars a piece. Ah. For the amount that he spent in American money yeah. versus Bitcoin. So it's a pretty interesting thing. But anyway, you guys can do more research about Bitcoin. But thank you, Tanner, for writing in and ruining uh my whole day. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um all right. Chelsea Manning last Wednesday was released from military prison. She's been very active on social media since posting her first selfie on Instagram on May 18th. It's very good news. I'm glad to see that Chelsea Manning is doing well. Looks good. Looks to be in the midst of uh, transitioning into, you know, really becoming a woman physically. Um, And great. You know, really cute. Posting pictures of, like, I'm eating pizza. I'm playing uh, video games. Like, it's cool. It's nice to see that person have a you know, uh, a new lease on life here. Well, I was really excited when I ch- checked my Twitter feed and the first picture I saw uh, was a picture of Chucks. Yes. I, I thought first that steps was, to freedom. Yeah. Yes. They, it, it was, it was a great post and I'm glad that she was able to have a first steps. Yeah, me too. And I hope, you know, obviously look, there's going to be an adjustment period. Obviously there's a high the first few days that you're out, but that person suffered for, giving us information that we all needed and i couldn't respect her more for doing that there's going to be an adjustment period though and you know obviously she had some issues with suicide obviously of course it makes sense suicide in you know the military prison and all that stuff but i you know i hope that she's and i'm sure there's plenty of people around her that are going to facilitate this but i hope she's getting the right therapies and different you know just being on the right uh the right track so but it's great to see i hope while she's trying to figure her own shit out she just stays out of the limelight stays out of the media just does her own thing and and doesn't have pressure on her about trying to be a certain person totally and she doesn't have to be at all if she doesn't ever want to talk to them then don't that's fine you did what you had to do and you suffered and you you know you you did the right thing so Mm -hmm. uh, i'm glad she's out one thing that i'm extremely happy to see was uh a couple weeks ago, I had mentioned that I was a little bit afraid on her behalf because of the support system. But I just want to read you a quote that lets me know that everything's going to be all right. Sure. It's from Susan Manning. It's going to be very hard for her to readjust after so long inside the prison's four walls, and I'm happy she'll be staying in Maryland where she has family to look out for her. Chelsea is so intelligent and talented. I hope she now has the chance to go to college to complete her studies and to do whatever she wants. My message to Chelsea, two woods, go girl. Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah, I mean, believe me, there's plenty of people that are going to be around her. And, you know, the interesting thing, I saw a... Was it Chase Strangio? I don't know. One of her ACLU attorneys that's been with her throughout the whole process Mm -hmm. was like, you know, this should be a great day and... Matt, actually, if you look at that Guardian link, I think it's in there the, in the email. You could just get the name of the uh, the attorney. Um, but in any event, whoever the attorney was was like, this should have been, you know, I should be over the moon that she's out because we've been working so hard to do this for so many years. And, yeah. You know, and not that he's not happy about it, but he's like, we're still working on getting this conviction overturned. Like, we don't accept the fact that this punishment should have happened to begin with. So the case is not over now that she's out of jail. It's not like she can be punished further, but they're still trying to get this off her record and, and cleared because they don't believe that she's done anything wrong. And I don't either. You know, sometimes you only need an extra point to win the game. You don't have to go for the two point conversion. No, I think it's okay. There's nothing they could do about it. She was pardoned. It's not like, you know, Yeah, that's true. So that's it. Uh, while Matt looks for that. So the Julian Assange thing that I did uh, not, Oh God. Uh, her Manning's appeal lawyer, Nancy Hollander. Oh, Nan- it was Nancy Hollander. Yeah, but there- okay. So that's what I was thinking of. Um, the Julian Assange thing I didn't put in the rundown like a moron, but I had it bookmarked. 
he the charges were dropped in Sweden. The rape case is now officially dead. The, the, okay. He's not going to be charged with anything that, but, that, that is over. But, but but what's the but? The but is he's not able to. He's st- I mean, in all likelihood, he is not going to be leaving the Ecuadorian embassy because he's not going to leave until the United States says whether they're investigating him which for they're not going or whatever, to do which they're not going to do so he's going to have to stay there however it seems like the security is going to be lessened they're still going to have eyes on him but it doesn't seem like they're going to be dedicating as much resources to that so we'll see what happens but i would assume that julian assange is going to be staying in that embassy at least uh, while trump is fucking in office we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with uh, yeah, that did. idiot pompeo wants to go after him so you th- so virtually he's under house arrest but he no longer has the the bracelet on well, no, he never had a bracelet. He's in an embassy. It's not like he's actually under arrest. He can leave the embassy. The problem is if he steps outside the embassy, they'd arrest him. So he, he's under essentially self-imposed house arrest seeking asylum in this embassy. And I, of course, he would love to get out of there, but he's not going to do it at the risk of, you know, going to the United States and being charged with espionage or something. That's true. So years from now, will that embassy just have like the Assange room? Like we have yeah. the Lincoln bedroom? Yeah, well, he might be in there for the rest of his... I mean, it's crazy, but he could be in there for the rest of his life if he doesn't... Like, that's a better prison to be in, you know, than to be in an actual prison. If he's guilty of anything, but I I would assume that they'd be able to charge him with something, you know, and and convict him. So he could be there for the rest of his life. That sucks. Sorry, I was having a sip of Raspberry Rosé Summer Edition Polar Seltzer. Ooh, Raspberry Rosé. Rosé. It's good. What makes something a rosé? Um, I mean, this is just flavor-wise. It's just like oh, it has okay. a, little, a little wine flavor to it. With wine, it's not white, but it's not red. Yeah, it's a mix. It's a blend, bro. No, it's not a blend. I think it's like... I forget how they make it. I don't, I think it's yeah, like, I don't know. I think it's like red grapes out of skin or something like that. Something. All right, Matt. I don't know. I'm, I'm just... I'm letting about. you skate because it's your birthday, but I was okay. like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, right. yeah. like, Shut the fuck up, Matt. <laughs> Shut the yeah. fuck up. Um, all right. The American Healthcare Act received a CBO score, which th- this was the... Remember when Obamacare was first, you know, being imagined and, and when they were trying to pass the bill, they were like, the Democrats didn't even read it. Mm-hmm. They had to pass it to know what was in it. Well, OK, the House conservatives did the exact same thing. That's good. Uh, and now we finally got a score on Wednesday, yesterday, the C or whatever. Yeah. Two days ago, if you're listening to this, the CBO released its official Trump care scoring. Twenty three million will be uninsured. That is one million fewer people will be uninsured. Uh one million people more will be insured as compared to the first version of the bill. So or the one, first one, one million fewer will lose their insurance. Better, better way to say it. Yes, the twenty-four million would have been off the rolls. The first version now only twenty-three million. So okay, great improvement there. Uh, and that's as compared to Obamacare. By twenty eighteen, mm. they're saying fourteen million uninsured. By twenty twenty-six, twenty-three million people with high medical costs living in states refusing to keep Obamacare regulations. Prohibiting insurers from charging sick people more than healthy people will likely be priced out of individual markets by 2020. 50% of Americans live in non-waiver-seeking states, meaning 50% of people live in states that will still adhere to Obamacare regulations. Hmm. 33% live in partial waiver states, so a third of Americans that are going to be seeking health care live in states that are only going to partially protect them. They're going to only keep a certain percentage and nobody knows what percentage of those, uh, you know, Obamacare regulations they're going to keep. And uh, the rest are fucked. Yes. Because the rest of the people live in states that are like, nope, 
We're not, not going to see any it. waivers. So basically, that's Repu- it. You're Repu- at the mercy. Republicans are punishing people for voting for them. Is essentially what it is. There is zero question about that. Yeah, I mean, that is 100 percent the case. And you're silly if you think otherwise. Right. You live in New York. You live in Massachusetts. You're golden. You're go- You're more golden. Yeah, more you know, gold. But right. But you're. If you live in Oklahoma, make no mistake about it. You you're fucked fat. yourself. Right. You made a big mistake. It saves $119 billion over 10 years, which the Senate will have to match based on Senate GOP rules. They made some kind of rule where they can't save more or less money than whatever the House bill was. So $119 billion is the most and least amount that they can save in the Senate version of the bill that, that will eventually pass. And $119 billion over 10 years is a fucking drop in the bucket. They, there was estimates where they'd have to save like $2 trillion over the next oh. 10 years to like make any difference. $119 billion, you might as well just... Not save anything. Who gives a shit? They're not saving any money there. No. So it's a, this is just a mishmash, and I have a Bernie quote, but go ahead, Joey. So two things. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be forthcoming and letting you guys know that I don't have an economic degree. You don't? I don't. I am shocked. I okay? really am. I was working on the assumption this entire time. That That's you, what this whole thing was based on, you I, being on the show. I, I thought you were but, I thought you were a PhD candidate, to be honest. But... When mind-blowing you, information. You can save $662 billion, and all you would have to do is repeal the Obama taxes on the wealthy and healthcare industries? Yeah, but we're not going to do You're going to do that, and then you screw over 23 million people. Why? Like, or, like it, it just it, it bothers me that at the end of the day, it always seems that every human life has a price tag. Absolutely, man. I mean, that's a reality we talked about. And like, it's not being, you know, Democrat versus Republican. It is very clear from everything that Republicans say, from what Paul Ryan says, they are not interested in humanity. They're interested in economics. Yes. The economy. That's it. And not that this is some kind of like perfect gem of, you know, economic genius, this bill, because it's not. But they are that is more what they are concerned about than anything else. We we heard Paul Ryan when he said, I mean, listen, people are gonna have a choice. We're not gonna force people. I mean, it's crazy. They're gonna have uh, healthy people pay for the sick. Yeah, dummy fuck. That's how insurance like yeah. that's how every concept of insurance works. And if you don't accept that, then you have to just get out of the way and let everybody have insurance. Otherwise, this is the situation you're in where you're actually Sarah Palin with her stupid death panels bullshit. They're saying yeah. people are going to die. People actually are going to die because of this. There are people that are 64 years old. Yes. Right. That are not old enough to get on Medicare, but they're, you know, they have to have insurance. And as a 64 uh-huh. year old, some of them are going to get sick and die because they cannot afford insurance. Their insurance will jump 150%. Yes. People that are 64 oh, years old. It was, it was higher than higher than 150%. Was it? It was like two, whatever. I mean, it, but, was, it was like you go from 1,200 a year to 16,000 a year. Right, which is it's not like, possible to pay for. No. Not possible. So the Democrats are calling this, which I really enjoyed, a moral monstrosity. Well, I hate the Democrats. That's I didn't hear them say that, but that's pathetic. Now back to- why don't you, Instead of being cute, mm-hmm. why don't they get out there and go, this is a travesty. Mm-hmm. This is a- devaluing of human life as compared to the economic forces and, you know, conservative idea about the economy. This is a fiscal maneuver. It's a way to give rich people more money. And it is going to, make no mistake, kill people because if this gets passed. That is a reality. that People argue that. Well, that's crazy. No. If you can't afford insurance, 
you're going to die if you have a sickness. If you have a pre-existing condition, we don't know what the deal is going to be with that. Is pre-existing conditions going to be covered? If pre-existing conditions aren't covered, you will die. You won't be able to get insurance. It's not realistic. Like when Ben Carson comes out and says shit like, poverty is a state of mind. Is it? Is it? A, is poverty a state of mind? Maybe lung cancer is just a state of mind. I can't afford it, but maybe I should have worked harder. I, I don't understand. Oh. Well, but that's what it is. No, I know. So back to the 64-year-old. Yeah. So we're going to focus on this for a second. So you're 64 years old. You, you've worked your entire life. Right. Yeah. You saved. You did. You've, you didn't. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. You did what you were supposed to. Okay. So now under the American Healthcare Act, you would virtually anyone low income. So let's say anyone below thirty five thousand. Right. Half would go to pay for health insurance. That doesn't cover anything else but the health insurance. So right. after taxes, health insurance, you would not have enough money to pay for housing the necessities of life, food. So what are you going to do? You are creating a third-tier class of human beings based on age alone. Yes, because all of this is now in their bill not tied to income, it's tied to age. Which makes no sense. Of course. Well, it does if you if you don't really give a shit about covering people. You go, well, oh, yeah. they're, they're 80, so whatever. Yeah, fuck them. They're going to die anyway. Yeah, they need to have some sort of tiered system anyway. They just wanted to make it so the, their constituents, the rich, weren't the ones suffering the most. Right. They, all they care about, this is just to give money to the rich. That's all this bill is for. There's, th- that's the thing, like, I, I don't, there, this isn't a Democrat, it, it is a factual argument that they are not interested in actually covering people with the healthcare bill. This is a way to give cover to the healthcare industry and, like you said, really wealthy people in this country. It is not intended to take care of the people that voted for them which is what is gross about it and ins- it's just insane it's insane that this is something that you if you're paul ryan you're any of these people you can go to sleep at night and be like yeah we did the right thing you know you didn't do the right thing you know you didn't and it's not like obama again it's not like obamacare was perfect i want everybody in america as an american citizen to get health care period there is no other conversation to be having Outside of that. But this is so above and beyond what they should have been doing with this that it's frightening. Yes. And you're right. And it's even the the sick irony of the whole thing is that the reason that this is happening is because of the people that are going to get fucked by this. Yeah. They just almost voted themselves homeless. Yeah, Everything. Absolutely. It's not a joke. You know, it's like it's not a joke. People are going to be spending most of the money they make, you know, half, whatever, a big chunk of the money they make. Just on the insurance. Not even being sick. Just ha- being able to have access yeah. to something that should be entitled. Well, and the other thing, it's like, who knows what's even happened when if you have insurance, you get sick. What happens? We don't know if there's going to be caps, lifetime caps. We don't know if people are going to be able to be drought. We don't know. But I think it's all possible. People forget that before Obamacare, you could get dropped, you could get denied yeah. coverage. You can't now. That's why it's a little more expensive because they actually have to cover you. Now, again, the, the middleman insurance company shouldn't be involved, and that was a thing that you know bothered me about the Obamacare thing. But at the very least, people are not just going to die because they, they don't have insurance. You could get insurance. Yeah. Yeah, and you had there's no way to get kicked off. and It was it protected people. It was not a perfect system by no, any means. not at all. I mean, I'm still on the single payer system. I'm still on board for single payer, but yeah, that's great. And how's that working out? Terrifically. Yeah, we're going going so far that so far forwards there. Right. 
No, well, we're not right. I mean, but that, but anyway, so that's a conversation that needs to be had. Bernie Sanders had this to say uh, on the reconciliation. The help committee is required to save at least one billion dollars. It is very possible that the new bill does not meet that basic requirement because of the high risk pool and stabilization amendments that were added to the bill. And if that is the case, reconciliation is not a process they can use. What does that mean? It means if they can't use reconciliation, if they can't find a way to save at least a billion dollars in the Senate version of this bill, they will not be able to pass it with a simple majority. They would need Democratic support. Problem being, they're not going to get Democratic support in all likelihood, and then they wouldn't be able to pass this bill either. So they're really going to have to figure it out. And I don't feel like there's much of a brain trust on the Republican side that's going to be able to like work this shit together. Well, there's some, there's at least a few Republicans who I could see not really wanting to cooperate in this bill. I mean, yeah, Susan, of Susan Collins has a has an old constituency up in Maine. Right, right, my, right. East Coast, totally different animal than middle of the country. I mean, my grandparents are my grandparents live in Maine. There's a lot of old people up there that don't really support this the Republican Congress right now. Right, of course they're going to run oh. into issues. Right, their voter base is old, more so than Democrats. Oh, good God. So we'll see what happens. Right. Now, that again, that's assuming they can't get the billion dollar and save it. Maybe they'll figure it out. But we'll see. Yeah, but uh, it's but, all budgetary shit. You know, who, who the hell knows how they're going to work it out. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's saying, uh, you know what? Yeah. yeah uh, there's 50,000 people. They're sick. But if we can save a billion dollars, uh, we're going to look the other way, though. Well, no, but they need to do it. The point is, if they want to use this kind of like parliamentary trick that they're doing, the, the, the recon- budget reconciliation, mm-hmm. they need to do it. Otherwise, they, they're going to have to get more than 51 votes. That's the problem. And really, they only need to get 50 because Pence will be the tiebreaker. <laughs> so, but okay, but they need to get to that 51. If they can't do that in the reconciliation, they can't use reconciliation like Bernie's saying, they're going to have to get Democrats on board, which is going to be a big problem. Oh, and it's not going to They'd happen. have to get to the 60 vote threshold then, which is oh. going to be much more difficult. So, anyway, so we'll figure it out. We'll see what happens. But this is like, you know, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's not. If they came back with this bill and they go, it's going to save $50 trillion over the next 10 years, you go, I get at least why they're doing that. It's still morally fucking bankrupt that they're just willing to throw people out on the street. But like, okay, but it's not. It's not doing even that. Well, fuck, if we were going to save $50 trillion, I'd say get the savings and throw it into a single payer system. Yeah, well, right. Exactly. (laughs) But that's the thing. Like, At a certain point... Healthcare is not a money-making scheme. It can't be. No, and that's at all- very best, it's a, a little bit of a money-saving scheme. You can find ways to save here and there, but that's after everybody's covered. Yeah. That is my opinion, and it's not. There's no way you're going to change my mind about that. Well, my like my view is ag- agreeing with the, that can't be a money-making system. Is that there's certain industries that if you privatize them, it's in the it's in the private industries incent the private industry is incentivized to hurt society. If you look at healthcare. If you look at prisons, if you look at infrastructure, it's important to society to have those things. And you can't put those in private hands for those reasons. Right. It's only going to hurt everyone as a whole. Yes. So we need, those are things that should be done by government. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, it's, not, it's not a criticism of capitalism as a whole. It's saying, oh, let's not fuck over everyone so a few people can get rich. Well, right. But this is the thing. It's, it, but that is what it is. They worship... Free market capitalism. Well, and, and and of course, you know, people go, well, we wouldn't have blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we, you're right. Free market capitalism has created all the wealth in the world. It's created all these industries. Absolutely. But it's not completely free. It's not completely free market. 
And it's also created a lot of problems. So you can't have it both ways. You either have to accept it for the good and the bad. You can't just pretend that there's not like, well, listen, it is what it is. We got to deal. No, we, there's shit that we can do and we can not be pure ideologues on capitalism. We can figure it out. We need a social welfare system, social welfare system in this country, and we can do it. And healthcare is where we should start. Except we have this idea that I, I disagree fundamentally that saying, oh, it, free market is why we're doing so well and why America's great. I think it's a combination of capitalism with the, I mean, the middle class essentially began when Henry Ford uh, started a, a $5 day minimum wage. And because of that, you get this middle class that they're getting a reasonable wage to live on and then they can start buying the products and the money actually starts, that money does eventually trickle back up. It goes to the people at the top but you ha- they have to have enough money to spend on those products. Yeah, theoretically, but here we're seeing a point now. We're seeing we're at a point now where the stock market's doing incredibly well. It's, it's hitting all-time highs and all this stuff. Um, but that doesn't help com- the middle let me class. Fi- well, let, let me finish. You're right. But companies are making more money than they've ever made. Like Objectively, this is probably the most prosperous time in the history of the country, right? I mean, but to your point, right, it's not helping a huge chunk of the people in the middle of the country. But it doesn't matter because now they've increased the value of these products. And because of the wealth gap, there's people that have so much money that they, they're keeping the, the economy afloat. You, you almost, in a way, have priced out the middle class. But is that sustainable? I don't think so. No, I, it's I think probably that, not that will eventually no. crash. Of and course. There will, I mean, I love uh, Nicholas Han- Nick Hanauer's uh, TED Talk on this subject where he's a billionaire who uh-huh. is all about, okay, eventually they're going to come for our heads. Right. <laughs> like, but it's it really is. It's just not sustainable, and you need a vibrant middle class to support a healthy society. Right. And that's why you look at these cities that are imposing $15 minimum wage, and I think that's the way to go, and eventually well, and that, all, will, that will create more wealth. Well, you also need a healthy society to have a healthy society. Like, literally, yeah. it's mm-hmm. produ- productivity goes that, like, if people are healthy and are able to have, like, a reasonable lifestyle, then their productivity goes up, their happiness goes up, and just things work better. And- and, and, to begin with, look at look what goes on. I bring it up all the time. Watch the documentary uh, "Where to Invade Next." Michael Moore goes over to Italy. He goes to the Ducati factory. Ducati, one of the most successful uh, companies in the world. Their people work way less hours than ours do. They take an hour, two hour lunch break. They have like ten weeks paid vacation. They have like a crazy. You look at it and go, well, "How's that po-? It's possible because. When they're there, they're productive, people are happy, and they're not putting all the onus on how many bikes can we make, how much money can we make. They, they're making plenty of money, but they also don't want to put their people through uh, you know, torture to, to get that product. And then it's a mindset. And in this country, it's as simple as once enough of us get on board with the idea of like, hey, maybe we should be happy. Maybe we should like kind of focus on each other and try to have a, a healthy system. And yeah, of course, we're going to work. Nobody's saying nobody works. People want to work. People want to be productive. You just don't have to but work But it's within hours reason. It's fucking within reason. It's not the God of the bottom line. Let's figure it out. And, I, and you know, I had a conversation this weekend. I was in Chicago. I was talking with my wife, uh, my brother-in-law, his wife. We were having a conversation for we'll probably talked for like two hours, just about whatever, because we haven't seen them in a while. We yeah. were just bullshitting about you know, politics and, and all, all this stuff. And, and, you know, we came to the point at one point of like, this is, you know, in this country, I feel like aside from a lot of the systemic issues, money and politics, all that stuff, it is a spiritual issue in this country. And I don't mean God, I don't mean whatever, but it's like, it's a, it's an issue of like, 
a lack of humanity at a certain point. You know, it seems like there is a spiritual crisis in this country where we're, we're not prioritizing the right things. No. And, you know, until that's solved, then I think we're going to keep seeing things go the way they go. And, I, you know, letting corporations and the uber rich run the country is not the way to get. We know that that's not the right way to go. We, we know it. And stop. And, you know, the conservative idea of I know I'm like we're ranting now, but people on the right. Like when Ben Carson says, because it's stuck in my head, because it's so just infuriating. We got an email about Ben Carson we're going to talk about. When he says like poverty is a, is a state of mind or whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. getting out of like or success is a state of mind. Yes. And also definitely no. <laughs> like there is at a certain point, nothing you can do about being in a cycle of poverty. There, there, there might not be the opportunities. You might not have the education. You might have the opportunities and the education, but you might have post-traumatic stress. You might have family members that don't have the opportunity and the education and you feel obligated to stay with them as you should. They're your Mm -hmm. family. There's so many different factors. Stop trusting the Paul Ryans of the world. These people that are telling you like, it's just a matter of work harder and you know, everybody will be a millionaire. Really? It doesn't feel that way. And maybe, Maybe Paul Ryan believes that because he's done everything he can, regardless of who it hurts or helps, to stay in the position he's in. He's in a cushy position. So it's very easy to be in that cushy position and be like, well, look, free market. You know, listen, it's only fair. You don't have the opportunity to buy health. Yeah, easy for you to say, piece of shit, because you have it and you're going to do whatever it takes to hold on to it. That's why you're up Trump's ass now. He doesn't care about Trump. He's not, he's not offended by what Trump says. Trump tells uh, Rodrigo Duterte he's proud of his drug war. Where's Paul Ryan coming out and saying anything about that? Where's Paul Ryan coming out and making a comment about the fact that Erdogan's bodyguards beat the shit out of protesters in Washington, D.C., outside the Turkish ambassador's office? He's keeping his mouth why shut. Is no, why? why is he not saying that? Because he doesn't give a fuck. Because he's in the cradle of power. He's happy. His family's happy. He doesn't give a fuck. That's why. Stop accepting. We need to stop accepting this shit. It's nonsense. And it can start with this. Healthcare is where it could start. Because the fact that they're willing to look at most of America uh-huh. and go, yeah, you know, you can figure it out. No. Health is life. If you're not healthy, you don't have much of a life. And so they're telling you, we don't care if you have much of a life. Figure it out. Because we need to make money. We need to stay where we are. The insurance companies need to make money. And if you do or don't, it's probably your issue. It doesn't seem like you're working hard enough. It's a state of mind. Fuck you is my state of mind. How about that? How about that? That was a damn good rant. Thank you. That was just an excellent rant, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> that felt good. It's <laughs> funny. You know, I, I write the the um, the rundown, and I, I don't know what I'm going to say. No, I know. I just know. You know, I know that's what we're going to talk about. I go, well, we'll see where it goes. And that's where I went. Let's do this. Then we're going to do the Blue Apron read. Nice. And we're going to talk to our special guest. Sound good? Sounds great. Dakota Access Pipeline. In March, the Dakota Access Pipeline and a feeder line leaked more than 100 gallons of oil in North Dakota in two separate incidents. March 3rd, there was a leaky flange in Watford City. And March 5th, an above-ground valve leak due to a manufacturer defect in Mercer County. Now, this thing is set to go into commercial operations June 1st. Ooh, that's right around the corner. Nothing's going to stop that. But already, you're seeing problems. And people go, well, 
you know, listen, of course, there's going to be some issues. Whatever. It's a, le- it's a, it's a flange issue. Yeah. It's a leaky You got to crack some eggs. Yeah. It's a gigantic pipeline that they're building. Same thing with Keystone XL. Why do you think they're calling it XL? Because it's really big. It's extra large. That's why they're calling it that. There's going to be a tremendous amount of leaky flanges and above ground valve defects and whatever. And this is, that hasn't even started yet. This is before theoretically they'd start to get lax about making sure things are okay and whatever. So here we go. And this is exactly what we talked about the whole time. Why you can't trust this stuff. And I don't trust these corporations to do the right thing. They will cut safety checks first. That is the first thing they do. Well, do you know what my favorite thing about this what, comes Joey? from uh, David Glett? He is the head of the North Dakota Environmental Health Chief, right? Yeah. Uh, I found out that the companies typically don't notify the public of oil spills that are smaller than 150 barrels, unless if it gets to the water. Mm. So you can be dropping 100 barrels here, 100 barrels here, post spill. You don't have to tell anybody. That's about. interesting because these aren't less. These are only these aren't that amount of barrels. So we did find out about it, but right, but that's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So so this entire time, how many how many hundreds? Yeah. Do you, do you think just well, right? Out? Who's out in the middle of fucking uh, North Dakota, just watching this thing all the time? We have to take the word of uh, fucking the, the. I can't think of the company that built it, but we've mentioned them a million times yeah. on the show. But anyway crazy oh energy transfer partners it's like do we have to take their word on it unless somebody notices right but but at the same time you say this is not the time that you should be having these leaks it hasn't even started yet i mean i i'm assuming if there's oil going through but it's not open yet they're probably this is a testing period is it not would you rather they not find the leaky flange while it's testing and not at full capacity? No, I'm glad they found it. I'm yeah, not so, saying that, that, that it's not good that they found fa- it. It is good that they found it. I'm just saying it's it's silly to think that, you know, within a year, two years, three years, there's not going to be a massive problem. Obviously, there's going to be. I mean, the majority of pipelines don't have massive problems. So that that's a, that's a faulty that's faulty logic. All right. I think. So yeah. you support the Dakota Access Pipeline? No. I'm saying. Why don't you? I'm not. I'm not taking a stand either way on this. Oh, uh, bo- no. Uh, no, 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 no. We don't do that here. <laughs> why do you? Why do you? Su- so you do support it? I think we are still tied to the oil industry. I don't necessarily think it's. I think it got blown out of proportion in many regards. Okay. I think. <laughs> <laughs> what? It could be. I. I'm fucking with you, obviously. I know. Yeah, but I know it's like. At a certain point with things like this, like a massive... Pro- I agree. We are still tied to the oil industry. You're right. I don't think we can get rid of every pipeline in this country. But I think when it comes to... We're building a massive multi-state from Canada to Illinois, like massive thing like this. And it's going through the sacred lands of people that have been there forever. And it's affecting their way of life. And it could ruin their water supply. That's a no. You know what I mean? Like we have to be yes or no on some of these things. Well, and, and I mean, this is just a big name pipeline. There's other pipelines being built constantly. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's something we everyone rallied around. That doesn't mean that, oh, you stop this one pipeline, it's going to fix, it's going to solve the problem. We ultimately need to start weaning ourselves off of fossil fuels. But in the meantime, it is still our reality, unfortunately. And I wish we would have a government that actually invested in real change and real. Right. Co- but that. Well, we did. But people chose not to keep that going. 
Well, we've, that's the problem. We've, no. never inve- we've never even invested the way we should. Correct, but this wasn't going to be built. You know, this was not going to be finished. Yeah. <laughs> if you know, we but didn't s- get a. But Trump still, it's more of a symbolic thing than actually. I mean, yeah, it stops this one pipeline. Instead, they. Yeah, it is a symbolic in- thing. I think. I think. I think this country would love a little like positive but, symbolism. But, right but now. ultimately, shipping shipping by shipping oil through a pipeline is much safer than shipping it by boat or shipping it by train. It's so yeah, pipelines suck, but it. Be- do you have a better alternative? Do I personally have a better alternative? Ask, yeah. Ask Locke McAntique uh, without uh, saying alternate energy. Ship their oil. Yeah. Well, no, of course not. I mean, I get it. I get it. if we're going to do it, this is how you're going to do it. You know, like, uh, yeah. definitely. But I disagree that we should be doing it. I just, yeah, I think that the greater conversation is we do need to wean ourselves off fossil fuels. Yeah. I absolutely, I 100% agree with that. That's where, do I think that we need to just, that the Keystone Pipeline is the make or break moment? No. I, I think it not it could potentially it could be because a massive spill on either of these pipelines would be catastrophic. Uh, okay, I mean, it, it wouldn't be anywhere near as bad as the uh, one down the go- um, the Deepwater Horizon was because that one couldn't. Right, be, well, that's we, we, we just shut the pipeline off and it's well, yeah, that was that was that was super easy to shut it off. I watched yeah. the live stream of that thing leaking for like two months straight. Uh, but anyway, uh, but it wasn't that easy. They're like, maybe we could blow. Like, well, no, no, I'm saying the pipeline is easier to shut off. The, yeah, oh, water, oh, okay. the Deepwater Horizon was a nightmare. That that like that's the nightmare scenario. Right. This is, yeah, I mean, it's it would suck and it'd be a big cleanup in one in one controlled area, hopefully. Yeah. Well, okay, but all right, but so, but I'm, what I'm saying is, though, symbolically, even allowing it and being like, yeah, it's great. It's going to create jobs. It's lies about what it is. You know what I mean? And oh, yeah. It's not I, the reality. So, well, so that's the problem. Like you got to take a stand somewhere and so, this was the place so and they lost. So the jobs, the job stuff. Yeah. It would create a bunch of temporary jobs, but not nothing permanent. But no. at the same time, I want, I believe we need to heavily invest in infrastructure in this country and that would not create permanent jobs. It would be cr- create lots of temporary construction jobs. So a temporary construction job is still a job. Right. It's not permanent, but it's better than nothing. So I don't think that both sides of that argument have some flaws. Some yeah, some but that's the same that. argument about the coal mine. It's like, listen, you know, yeah, do, is coal mining the fucking worst job you can have? Yeah, but you know, look, at least they get to do it. It's like, yeah, why don't we just think of a better thing for them to do? How about how about we send them out there and let them build fucking wind turbines? Plan I, no, yeah. yeah, right. I mean, they don't care what they're doing as long as they're getting paid. Well, some of them do, but you know what? Tough shit that, at a certain point. But that, that's why we need people. The the smarter people, like the smart people, need to be at the top of the things making choosing a good direction and going in it and we're not doing that right now we're just we want to live in the past it's also an abdication responsibility like yes you said, that's top, better if- the top you know smart people at the top coming up with these ideas them going hey free market let the market decide that's essentially being like i'm not going to decide yeah, i don't have to worry about it whatever if it's making money it's good i don't care they're outsourcing ideas you know what i mean they're just like ah whatever you tell me you let me know i'm gonna be golfing I'm Paul Ryan. I'm a piece of shit. I'm going to go work out with a backwards hat like a fucking dork. I'm going to be golfing in oh, Mar-a-Lago oh. where my sinkholes are opening up. Yeah. Is this wild, right? <laughs> what is that about? I don't know. Hard to say. I think it's probably Obama. It's either water main, a water main leak or the ground is literally opening up underneath my place. Yeah. It's a hell pit. Okay. <laughs> is it a hell pit? It's very nice. Everyone, uh, needs a, everyone needs a friendly hell pit in their neighborhood. Yeah. Um, all right. Ready to talk about Blue Apron? Yes, I am. We have a very special guest, somebody who can personally testify how good Blue Apron actually is, joining us for the first time ever on the Mandatory Samson podcast, my mom. Hi, mom. 
Hi, Chris. Oh. Hi, Matt. Hi, Joey. Hi. Don't talk to them. They're, they don't care. <laughs> uh, listen, so we I wanted to call you because you I, I, I always call you on the way home from the studio or whatever, and I'm like, how's it going? You're like, it's great. I'm making Blue Apron. It's delicious. You're always talking about all the great food that you get from them. So let me read my little spiel here, and then I'm probably going to ask you, you know, what's the best Blue Apron meal you've had recently or if you're making one. Sound good? Okay. I'm all making right. one tonight. Oh, my God. All right. So hold that <laughs> thought. We're going to talk about it in a second. Blue Apron, as Samsonites know, is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in this country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. And they achieve this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. It's affordable because for less than $10, Per person, per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Also, they don't repeat a meal within a year, which is kind of crazy. And now, Mom, you've you've been working with this Blue Apron pretty much since they've been sponsoring the podcast, and you love it. I, I do love it. I, I've been subscribing to it for about six months, and I haven't repeated one recipe yet. Right. Nice. And you've liked pretty much all of them. I mean, sometimes you'll say, oh, you know, it was good. It wasn't my favorite. But by and large, everything you've had, you're like, oh, it's unbelievable. It's really good. I love it. I yeah. love it. And you know I don't like spicy food usually, like if it's hot. Right. But their spicy food is just flavorful. It's so good. Now, tonight, I'm making spicy Korean chicken uh-huh. with pickled enoki mushrooms and roasted vegetables. That sounds ridiculous. Now, let me That's tell you amazing. this, because you've always cooked. Like, grow, you know, you, mm-hmm. you're a good cook. You've always cooked, you know, growing up. You always have dinner made. But this gives you an opportunity to, like, expand your horizons a little bit. Maybe stuff that you wouldn't have thought to put together, different ingredients that you never had. Absolutely. And every day, my big question is, oh, what am I going to make for dinner? Right. And so you end up going back to, like, the same things that you cook. So this is just perfect. Um, This week we also had spiced cod and summer squash cakes with dates and baby greens. That's beautiful. Right. And now that's something that, like, yeah, of course you could make that. But like you said, you're working, you're doing this, you're doing that. Five o'clock rolls around. You're like, well, you're not going to think to make spiced cod and, and dates and all this stuff. But when with Blue Apron, it gets delivered, they give you the recipe, and it all comes prepackaged. You don't have to even think about it. You you love the you you love the egg holder, right? Oh, it's adorable. <laughs> what now? In fact, this week I got two of them um, because two different things call for one egg, right? And they give you this little corrugated egg holder. It's adorable. Aww. It's like Christmas morning when I open that box. <laughs> it's very cute. And um, I, I didn't tell her to say any of this. This is all legit. Oh, my God. It, I'm telling you, it's it's the best. Um, the other thing I'm making is pork and cabbage tacos. Very nice. Like, yeah, with pineapple and pickled jalapeno salsa. Wow. That sounds and, great. That's a perfect yeah. like summer, spring meal. That sounds great. They have been great. They've been great. And they're, um, I mean, even if you don't know how to cook, if you know how to read, you could follow the instructions. You don't have to measure anything. They send you everything, even if it's a tablespoon of butter. Yep. And you just have to be able to read the card and do it. 
it's it's so easy and it's delicious. That's so great. I'm very and listen, glad I started. I'm really glad that you had that to say about it. And like 70, 80 percent of our listeners can read, so I think that's going to be fine. They're going to be sad. <laughs> It'll be perfect. Um, all right. So listen. So thank you for your testimonial. And if you guys, Samsonites, want to check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash Samson, S-A-M-P-S-O-N. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Samson. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. I trust my mother's meals to Blue Apron. So you should get on board. And if you'd like to try it, go to blueapron.com slash Samson. Mommy, thank you very much for calling in. I really appreciate it. You're quite welcome. Um, and I will give you a call after the show. All righty. All right. Bye. Bye. My mother, ladies and gentlemen, what a sweet lady she does. She loved the egg holder. Uh, she thought it was, she, I, I went over there, you know, whatever, a couple of weeks ago, and she was like, you have to see this. It's so cute. <laughs> and she showed me, I was like, that is great. Blue it, Apron knows what they're doing. That does sound adorable. It is cute. I mean, and that is the benefit of the Blue Apron thing. Like, you don't have to go out and buy paprika or buy any of these. They're going to send you exactly what you need. So it's perfect. Blue Apron, thank you very much for sponsoring the podcast. And uh, they're legit. They make uh, great meals. She legitimately tells me she loves it all the time. So there you go. Blueapron.com slash Samson. All right. That was fun. Are you guys ready to get on with the rest of this program? Yes. Let's do it. So what I wanted to talk about, obviously, it was really big news, um, I guess, over the week, late late Monday, I guess. Mm-hmm the Manchester suicide attack. At least 22 people have been killed and another 59 injured in a suicide bombing at an Ariana Grande concert at around 10.30 p.m. local time on Monday in Manchester, England. I say it like Bruce Buffer would say it. Uh, I think you should be a little bit more serious. Listen, the people of England need a little... I am being... Don't be... Come on. What are you, serious? I did it. I'm being serious. I just... I can't say Manchester, England without going, Manchester, England! I introduced Michael Bisping in my head. What do you want me to do? Uh, Salman Ramadan Abedi, a 22-year-old Manchester resident born in Britain of Libyan descent is believed responsible... UK Prime Minister Theresa May has raised Britain's terror level from, quote, severe, not quote, but from severe to critical. The first level changed since 2007. Critical means further attack may be imminent. Hmm. Police do not consider Abedi a lone wolf, which is something that we've gotten accustomed to recently and are investigating a likely network that he's been involved in. And this investigation is now spread across the globe they've made uh, arrests in other countries and you know th- this this is still very much an ongoing situation i have a video of our illustrious president um commenting on that but if you could do you guys have anything to say about it before we listen to that uh and then, isis of course has taken responsibility yeah, so for this this so. seems like maybe out of everything we've seen recently this might be one that actually is more closely connected to ISIS than some of the other ones, only because of the possibility of it being a network. However, I can't, I, again, I'm not going to jump to just being like, well, it's ISIS. It could be anything. It could be anything. And because Libya has got its own set of problems. This kid apparently was over there at one point or, or had some kind of connections to the fighting that's going on in Libya. So who the hell knows really? But of course, ISIS is taking credit for it. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I thought to myself is how bad Ariana Grande must feel that someone chose her event, oh, yeah. her fans, yeah. which, by the way, include 
teenagers and young children, right? Because that's who listens to her music, right? I mean, I, I to no longer be alive, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely a very not that any you know population of people at a concert, everybody's innocent in that scenario. That's but, true. Too. But you're going after a very vulnerable group of people, you know. And it's no mean. It, it, there's no way. Any responsibility in Ariana Grande? It's just oh, he wasn't saying no, 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 no. Yeah, no. She, of course, she must feel her. No, as an individual, yeah. yeah. Because the other time that kind of happened was with um. Well, the attack in Paris is the yeah the Bataclan attack with Eagles of Death Metal or whatever that too. But also, I was thinking about um the comedian you, yeah uh, well, well, i was gonna um, bring it up yeah amy schumer's, yeah, amy schumer's movie yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah absolutely right where it's like yeah it's not your fault that you made a movie and people wanted to go see it you, you didn't know that that was gonna happen, happen. And, yeah no it's terribly sad you know it's, it's interesting i just wanted to bring this up because when it happened obviously you, you know you pay attention to it ariana grande people were grande people were pissed off at her a while back remember when she like she was at some like donut shop and she like licked the donuts and said she hated america or something oh i and don't remember got, any of that. oh really people got mad at her but now it's like oh ariana grande <laughs> which they should be of course no but they shouldn't have been mad at her then well yeah. it's fine i mean know. this must be just as traumatic i mean not just as traumatic but this must be very traumatic for her for her herself oh of course she I mean, cancels her tour right now yeah i mean yeah. that's i don't know how you like that's gotta fuck with her her head and I, and I I did read that she was willing uh, helping pay for funerals of victims and Ugh. is getting like that's just never something you want to see necessary but but good, no, but good man, on her at least yeah absolutely yeah no it's sad I mean look you know I'm not like like a huge Ariana Grande fan but of course I've heard her music it's not like I hate her <laughs> it's terrible I feel really I feel bad for her and I feel bad for the whole situation well also uh, uh, another thing that like happens too is you have to look at the silver lining of a situation like this. And it's amazing how a community of people can come together because there were many Muslims who happened to take the time and shut off the car meters and help the individuals who needed assistance to be driven to whatever place they might need be, relatives, family, the hospital, right. whatever it may right. be. And you had a community that came together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that definitely, that's important. I think, well, that, you know, it's unfortunate that it takes something horrific for that to absolutely. be the case, but that is the case. We are all in it together. So, you know, that's what their situation is. There was one uh, picture of a, a particular cab driver who had a turban on that they were saying is Muslim, but he's actually Sikh. So, but that again, point understood, yes. you know, uh, but careful. That's the problem. That's why people go and shoot up a, a Sikh temple and they're like, fuck Muslims. It's like, yeah, be, it's not the same even thing. Cosmo, whoever like promoted it, got it wrong. So it's like, can we try not to do that? Also, there was apparently a homeless guy there that was helping like pull people out of like whatever, you know, helping people. And they've given him like free rent now. They gave him an apartment, which is great. That's nice. And, Let's focus on the good stories. Let's focus on Manchester coming together. I mean, oh yeah, like after the Boston Marathon bombing, it, the city sort like there was a palpable feeling of the city coming together and the city uniting. And I know, except for that horrible Boston Strong hashtag. Yeah, well, it got a little. It got as a Boston <laughs> fan, it got a little out of hand. It's enough, but I, hey, I get it. I mean, didn't they try like Jersey Jersey Strong? Yeah, yeah. and I wasn't like, for that either. Yeah, you, you can't just steal. You stole the hashtag that got annoying, and then bastardize it for Jersey. Ugh. Nah, well, Jersey Jersey rules. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Jovi. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. Springsteen is the guy from Jersey. Come yeah, on. I'm more. Uh, whatever. I'm not even gonna get into this. All right. So you gonna hit me with the quote then? What? The quote. What Trump? Yeah, Trump's quote. Yeah. Well, I have the clip. We're gonna listen to the dummy talk. You want to hear it? Uh, I know what he's gonna say. Do? Yeah. Well, this is, this is the other. So anyway, but, but 
so anyway, yes, obviously, you know, thoughts go out to what's going on in Manchester where the situation is still very active. We're going to stay on top of that. Um, Where to hear before we hear the clip. Yeah. My one issue with this clip mm-hmm. is the terminology of the woods he uses. Yeah, of course. Because when you start calling everything. No, brr, don't. Well, let's let him hear it. Okay. We can talk about it. Okay. And also, I want to put it in this context. We're going to listen to it. Mm-hmm. What I worry about when anything like this happens is that people rally around leaders in times of chaos or. Um, can't think of the word confusion mm-hmm. right which the terror attack certainly is now it didn't happen in the united states but we always know that the possibility exists and I've, I've said it a number of times on the show because of the incompetence and the gutting of a lot of our institutions i think attacks are very likely to happen in this country at some point during this guy's tenure in office and i worry that when that happens people rally around a president that we absolutely know is not qualified and is incompetent that's the problem and I, you see it with Theresa May. Now, she's raising the terror level. This might be justified. It might not be justified. But how long does it stay at that terror level? Well, how long does this continue where you have military on the street? You know, like, well, every these ha- are things you worry about. Whenever there's a disaster, it's an opportunity. Some people see it as an opportunity to seize power. And Naomi Klein's disaster capitalism. She yeah. talks mm-hmm. about it. You know, and it's it's she's well worth listening to. Uh, the The Bush... You know, that's what Bush the, operated The Patriot on. Act. It's disaster capitalism. The Patriot Act is was disaster capitalism at its worst. Absolutely. Um, uh, that's our right. world now. Let's let uh, the genius talk. So many young, beautiful, innocent people living and enjoying their lives murdered. He's in Bethlehem, by the way. He's in the West Bank. Banksy, remember we talked about uh, the Waldorf Hotel? Mm-hmm. Banksy posted a video the other day of Trump's, like, uh, what is it, cavalcade? What the hell is it? Cavalcade? Uh, no, uh, no. What is it? It's something, Cade. Motorcade. 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 That's it. On presidential. Driving convoy? right. Driving right. No, motorcade. Driving yeah. right by the Waldorf Hotel, and he has video of it. It's funny because they're in the same place. No, I. I guess it's not funny. Okay. It, mm. By evil losers in life, I won't call them monsters. Because they would like that term. They would think that's a great name. I will call them from now on losers because that's what they are. They're losers. In principle, I agree. Right, they are losers. Like you're a loser. You're a fucking loser. Yes. You show up at a concert, like you think you're doing, but you're doing nothing. You're just a, a a fucking waste. You're you're a loser. Agreed. But this is the president of the United States. He's trying to brand ISIS now as loot. Like not that they aren't, but but it's sort of a weird thing. Like where we call her crooked Hillary. Now he's just I'm just gonna be like loser ISIS. Like is this yeah. what we're this is what we're doing? Let him finish, then we'll, we'll talk about the, the merits of this or, or whatever. And we'll have more of them. But they're losers. Just remember that. This is what He's I... He's a loser, too. You know, Trump's a loser. You do know that in alternate reality, our, our ex-president, Obama, mm-hmm. is God, sending a tweet right now to Donald Trump that says... Why don't you call them what they are? What? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Radical Islamic, Islamic terrorist. terrorist. Yeah, I know. He stopped doing that. Yeah. Uh, 
I was in Chicago land this weekend. Mm, felt good to be in. The, people love Obama there. No, love nice. Them. Are you saying they don't love them here in New York? No, well, but they yeah. really love them in Chicago. I was uh, the, actually the wedding we went to. The bride like worked with him when he was a senator. Oh, cool! Like has been involved in his campaigns and stuff like that. So I was like, where is he? I kept going, Obama, Chicago. Was waiting for him to come out. <laughs> Didn't come out. He wasn't there. I've spent. They also la- love Kanye West. Kanye plays a lot while you're in Ooh. Chicago. It's fun. Last few days talking about during my trip overseas, our society can have no tolerance for this continuation of bloodshed. We cannot stand a moment longer for the slaughter of innocent people. This is where we start to go into uh uh-oh territory. And in today's attack, it was mostly innocent children. The terrorists and extremists and those who give them aid and comfort must be driven out from our society forever. This wicked ideology must be obliterated. What's crazy is that he's talking about um, conservatism (laughs) when he says this, this wicked ideology. He's referring to the the, uh, American Health Care Act. Completely obliterated. And the innocent life must be protected. Yeah, isn't that weird? It's kind of creepy that he sort of says something at the end there. It's like, are you talking about your own health care plan? I worry that with every terrorist attack with every minute that this guy's in office that we get closer to <clears throat> more war more of a problem and he's increased the amount of troops that are going to afghanistan he's increasing the amount of uh weapons that he's giving to rebel groups in syria like man i i, I worry that we're one terrorist attack in this country away from having this guy for you know another four years after this first t- like I, I don't know i i get very concerned about it I tend to think people, he's so unpopular right now. I think he. Uh, Amongst two, we talked about it. Amongst two. I mean, his poll ratings are pretty pretty terrible at the moment. He was losing going into the election day. <laughs> he won somehow. Magic. You know, that's the other thing. We're going to talk about the Russia investigation later. They better be right. They better be right. If they think that there's something there. They better have something there, otherwise we got this guy for eight years. There's no question. He's bulletproof if there's nothing there. You see, I'm... There's I think people, there is, but... Like, there's I, nothing there. There are a lot of people who are just saying he doesn't... Like, he's not happy doing what he's doing. He's not happy in this job. And that's, he's happy when he bombs people. He was the happiest you've ever seen him that week when he bombed Syria, when he bombed... When he dropped the Moab bomb. He was happy. His poll numbers went up. He looked great. Look, look, look at how Melania acts around him. When was the last time that man got laid? If you're a billionaire not getting laid, you're doing something wrong. I guess. That I'm creep, not going to play that game. That creep uh, <laughs> Sterling, he, he gets laid. Um, yeah, Melania hates it, man. Did you well, see I'll be videos? honest with you. That, no, no, no. Let me, did you see you those videos where she will, she actually will not hold his hand? <laughs> it's crazy. He keeps trying to grab her hand as they go down the airplane. She like smacks it away or she like does something with her hair. She hates him. I, I it's almost so feel, obvious she hates him. I almost feel bad for her just because she did not sign I definitely feel bad for her. She's basically well, like a fucking hostage. At yeah. the same time, she married Donald Trump. You're, if you're going to be a gold digger, sometimes you lose. Yeah. Yeah. She was a model. She didn't need to, to marry him. Oh, stop. I mean... I mean, she wasn't a great Anyway. She, she wasn't fucking... Giselle Bunchen. She's... Yeah, she's just a model. Uh, whatever. Okay. What is the likelihood... I can do modeling, you know? What is the likelihood in, like, 
like a year, he just decides I'm done, steps out, and Pence becomes president. Think about that shit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the possibility exists that that could happen, but he can't but he do did. that because that would make him a loser, right? Because exactly. he didn't finish, right? So he has to finish. Yeah. And with Trump, he like he describes these te- the terrorists as oh you're losers, and that's because everything is winning or losing for him, and that's not how government works. No, it doesn't like that's not how the world works. It's not a winner or loser. It's about just having to. Well, so look, sometimes there is a winner and a loser, but this is not you know running the country is but not a win lose exactly. In, the, in government, it's not a, a winner a winner or loss. It's okay. Are we still here? Did we avoid nuclear war? Right. That's good for today. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, all there right. Might, there might be some bad days coming up. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I the, anything is to me anything is on the table with this guy in office because he doesn't know what he's doing, and the people around him don't know either. They really don't. I mean, I'm more afraid of the ones who do know what they're doing and are still on board. That's in Jeru- He's in Bethlehem. He's in the West Bank, and he's giving that speech. They're losers. Like, it's just I don't know. People critiqued Obama so much. It's like, God damn it. I, I, who wouldn't? Who would not take him back? The bar is set so low for this man at this point, and he still, still manages to disappoint. Yeah. This is something I want to talk about now. This is Terrence Crutcher. Now we talked about this, like I said, first discussed on MSP ninety seven, a history of terrible decisions. That episode, if you'd like to go back and listen. Oh, that's to right. It. Um, where we talked about this Terrence Crutcher shooting. This one, God knows, we talked about how many you know shootings of unarmed black men seemingly doing nothing wrong uh getting killed or if they're doing something wrong it's not what doesn't warrant death um this one really bothered me for a number of reasons a it didn't seem like he was a threat in any way he was his car broke down uh-huh. is the situation and the cop the her voice crackling panicked uh and I have the clip from the helicopter, which we had played on the first step. We played a couple yeah. of videos, but we'll play the, the helicopter video in this one. But let me just give a little background. So Betty Jo Shelby, who's a Tulsa police officer who killed unarmed black man Terrence Crutcher, 40 years old, on September 16th, 2016, has been acquitted of first-degree manslaughter charges by a jury comprised of eight women, four men, three African-Americans on that jury after nine hours of deliberation. Um... I have some quotes in the email here. Phil Stinson, who's the Bowling Green State University Associate Professor of Criminal Justice, says, It seems that whenever an officer takes the witness stand at a jury trial and testifies that they feared for their life and that, it, and that is the reason that they shot someone, there are some jurors who will simply not convict the officer of a crime. If a reasonable police officer in that situation would not have perceived such a threat, then the shooting was not legally justified. But I can tell you that jurors seem very reluctant to second-guess the split-second life-or-death decisions of an on-duty police officer who shot and killed someone. Before we listen to the video, and by the way, in the video, there's two people in the helicopter. That's whose voices you're going to hear, and then you hear Betty Jo Shelby as well. One of the people in the, the copter, the spotter, the guy that's like, kind of looking mm-hmm. to see what is going on. That's her husband. I didn't realize that maybe the first time. Oh, no shit. But that's her husband there, too. This is an interview that Betty Jo Shelby gave April 2nd of this year to 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes says, do you have any regrets about this? And she says, I have sorrow that this happened, that this man lost his life, but he caused the situation to occur. So in the end, he caused his own death. And she and they go, he caused his own death? And they go, she goes, yes. You got to stick to your guns. Literally. So this is the, I just want to play this quick. This is like yeah. a minute. This is the helicopter uh, audio. And this is the thing that really fucking disturbed me about this whole thing because this woman just seemed not equipped to be in the situation. And somebody died because of it. 
So now they're flying overhead here. Well, he's got his hands up there for her now. All right. He's got his hands up there for her now. There's a cop car. She's got gun drawn. He's got his hands up, and his car's in the middle of the road, broken down. Uh-huh. So he's just walking back to his car. Now another cop car pulls up. She's tracking him. Probably eight feet Mike, away. I'm going to hit the recorder. This guy's still walking. <laughs> now another cop has pulled up next to her. This, walked up next to her. This, excuse me. This guy's still walking. Like, oh, yeah. He didn't commit a crime once again. His car broke down. He is being unresponsive to her, but his hands are in the air. He didn't commit a crime, but okay. And following commands. Time for Taser, I think. Time for Taser, I think. Remember this shit? Yeah, I know. This one really bothered me, man. Now f- two other cops have run up. Now there's four cops. One guy not doing anything threatening. He's attempting to get into his car. That's a, got a feeling that's about to happen. That looks like a bad dude, too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a bad dude. Sorry, bad or black? What, what are they trying to say? Bad. I think, either, I think in that context, either word would have sufficed, <laughs> right? I think he meant black, but he said bad. Be on something. He might be on something, the guy says. he. This motherfucker's in a helicopter. What the yeah, fuck is he can tell. Yeah. He can tell. Where are they facing? Police one, they're facing westbound. Uh, I think he may have just been tasered. Nope, he just got shot at point blank range and got killed. That's what happened. Shot fired. Oh, dude. Yep. That the crackle has haunted me since the day we heard it. Shots fired. You shot them. You shot. You shot. <laughs> you shot. It's your shots fired. Panicky Pete, it's you. You created this scenario. You killed a man. You just shot him. I gotta go back. I gotta go back. Police one, they're facing westbound. Uh, I think he may have just been tasered. Shot fired! Uh, That drives, dude, that really still bothers me. Sounds like like a fucking video game. Shots fired! Why don't you don't do that? And they asked her, like, why can't you shoot him in the leg? She's like, we're not trained to do that. (laughs) Why? There was another shooting that we talked about where they yes. did shoot the guy or whatever. It was like a, oh, it was the goddamn guy that was doing the bombs in New Jersey, the terrorist guy. Yeah. Remember? And they shot him in the leg. And they're like, yeah, because we wanted to talk to him. Yeah. Okay. They got him alive. So they figured it out. Ooh. And that's a terrorist. That's an alleged terrorist. The guy's blowing shit up. This guy's car broke down. He is lying dead in the road, covered in his own blood, dying. One suspect down. We need to enter here. One suspect. There's only one suspect. uh, Eastbound closed down if they could, because they're not going to be able to let anybody. Okay. All of the police have their guns drawn, by the way, at this point. They all have their guns out. That's called the firing squad. We're going to need to get eastbound 36th Street North. Actually, we're just going to need 36th Street North shut down. All right. So, question for you. That one fucking really bothers me, man. After nine hours, you have a room. You have eight women. And four men. Yeah. They're talking. They were in a room for nine hours. Yeah. Not guilty of first degree manslaughter. Right. How? The women feel guilty that they could have been in the same shoes and they wouldn't want to charge themselves with murder? I don't know. I don't know what plays into the decision. You'd have to talk to them. Uh, apparently, a number of jurors were crying when they left. Um, was, uh, you know, they they believed her that she feared for a lot. She could have. This is the thing. She did. She probably and, did. But why did she? And Joey, let, let's not what forget, factored in. Let's not forget that it's not necessarily 
a verdict of innocent is that there was reasonable doubt that it was whether the she could be should be, uh, should be convicted of manslaughter. Right? Did she want to kill him? No. Well, well no. no. Man- manslaughter is not about wanting to. Manslaughter is did it happen? It happened. It, it would have been some form of murder if it was. It well, was no, it happened. I mean, she yeah. did kill him. Well, I mean, the question is, was it was it justified force though? And there right. was there was. But that's it, what I'm saying. But then it goes to motive yeah. at a certain point. And right. and so I don't know what happened in the actual trial, but it came down to the jurors found there was reasonable doubt, and whether that's because they want to protect a cop or whether it's just because. Here, here's a quote: Mark Trotter, Trotter of KWGS. Reporting from Tulsa, he says, Prosecutor said Shelby acted out of fear when she shot him. Crutcher walked away from Shelby with his hands up instead of following orders to stopping it on the ground. The attorneys argued she believed Crutcher was going to get a gun and she had to stop that threat. So that's it. They, She did kill him. Nobody's saying she didn't kill him. They're just like, yeah, okay. she was afraid of him. They're saying it was within her job her right. job responsibilities. Yeah. And that's ultimately why cops need better training. Well, I mean, Jesus Christ. So, Again, shoot so, him in the leg. If you're going to shoot the guy, which I, you shouldn't shoot him, obviously, shoot him in the fucking leg. No. Can't get can't get a gun out of the car if you can't walk to it. Right, it's just crazy to me. But again, that's not. Re- I don't. You can't get the gun. Of he's being unresponsive. Either. You know what you do? Walk away. He didn't steal anything. He didn't kill anyone. He didn't do anything. His car broke down. He's just walking around. Get in your car. Back away. Drive away. What difference does it make? There's a helicopter. He's not going watching anywhere. him. You can follow him. Well, you know, like I don't know. Shoot the tires. Shoot the car. No, shoot the tire. The car's broken down, first of all. It's like he's not going anywhere. I, I don't know, man. But you still have to shoot the tires? Yeah, I would. If you're going to shoot something. <laughs> Just for good measure. Yeah. Shut tire shot. Okay. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> and look, she's in a terrible situation now. You know what I mean? It's like, of course, she didn't probably want to kill the guy, no, but she all. did. So to me, man, it's it's that's a sad one. That one just doesn't make sense to me. No culpability at all. He didn't do anything. It's not even like he, even Michael Brown. At least he supposedly stole something. Yeah. <laughs> at, I mean? at least he at stole least something. they. I'm saying at least they had like some criminality. There's no criminality here. None. It's like a teenager being shot for sitting in the front seat of a car after leaving a party. Right. Exactly. It is like that. Right. The kid did nothing. He's black. There. That's what happened. Maybe they can get him a lottery. Laquan McDonald at least had a knife. Lottery. Caution have been there. Yeah, well, oh, you're right. He parked. You can't. He parked illegally. You can't park there. But being white, if I was in that same situation, I'd be like, "Hey, can you help me out? My car's broken down, and I get a. It would be easy for me." Of course. Yeah. Well, I drive a Mercedes, so my car's never gonna break down. I'm white. That's yeah, because Mercedes, Mercedes is all about the build quality now. I don't even have a car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you know, it's like uh, it's that one. That one really fucking bothers me because it's just so like it's pretty cut and dry, man. Can you you should not have been able to kill that guy. Uh, I want shots fired on the audio board. No, nah, I don't think we should make it. You, you're telling me I, I should not joke. Yeah. I don't think we should have her yelling, yeah, shots fired, after she killed a guy. I don't think we're going to use it. A little morbid there, Joe. Yeah, that one's weird. <laughs> a little really morbid. <laughs> we know it. We know what happened. Um, so anyway, I mean, not much more to that story. Nope. Um, you know, I think she got away with murder. Yeah. Well, manslaughter. Trump on Erdogan and Duterte. Last Wednesday, President Trump welcomed Turkish President Recep Erdogan to the White House, calling it a, quote, great honor. Meanwhile, later that day, Erdogan's bodyguards were caught on video assaulting protesters outside the Turkish ambassador's residence in D.C., 
Uh, and as far as I can tell, because I did some research trying to find it, the Trump administration has not commented on the attack at all. And here's a quote from Peter Newsham, or Newsham, Newsham, I don't know how to pronounce it, chief of Washington's Metropolitan Police Department. He said, yesterday afternoon, yesterday afternoon, we witnessed what appeared to be a brutal attack on peaceful protesters at the Turkish ambassador's residence. Look, I know this isn't a DC accent. I'm just doing it. All right. I feel like it as a result it's a of city accent. I like it. Yeah. It's just, just a roll gen- with it. generic city. It's accent. a cop. Here it's we a go. cop. Hey, how you doing? As a result of the assault, 11 people and one police officer were injured. Repression of dissent is not something that we will tolerate here in Washington, DC. This is a city where people should be allowed to come and peacefully protest. He also noted, by the way, the fact that some of the Turkish bodyguards were armed, which made the situation <laughs> quote dicey for police officers. This, to me, could you imagine if Obama's president mm-hmm. and Ahmadinejad's or whatever, Rwani's bodyguards, beat the shit out of protesters outside the Iranian embassy? You never had the end of it. Could you imagine? And he says nothing? That is a fundamental, you know element of our democracy the right to protest which we've seen people be uh, you know attacking recently but to have like a an armed thug come into the country who by the way is quite popular in turkey yeah very popular obviously they tried to do the coup a couple years ago but that got squashed uh he's popular in turkey all right but nonetheless a strong man he shows up and his bodyguards kick the shit out of protesters they're like kurdish protesters i have a question for you in america and the president nobody is even like nah, you shouldn't do that nothing what here's the problem and you haven't thought this out yet i oh let me explain it to you (laughs) let me explain it to you he's a diplomat he has diplomatic immunity that's not clear actually by default no the bodyguards have diplomatic immunity that's not true so at the very least say you're you, he can repeal his ambassadorship. Say we will not accept him as an ambassador anymore. You're banned. You're out of this country. Leave now, and we will take away that immunity. Right. Like, uh, like yes, we can't prosecute him. Or his bodyguards. Yeah, but you could say something about it. You, you, that, that should be. You should say. And I don't think that's true. That the bodyguards have. Been, I don't, I'm just I, I, making. A even joke. even if they yeah. do, you just say to them, "We will no longer accept any of these people. Are banned from America. You are no longer our ambassador. Get the fuck out." Do you know who's made a statement? Turkey. They want the United States to apologize for well, bad mouthing them for <laughs> for allowing this to happen for, for being, real for being against their autocracy. Right. Right. Oh, crazy times, my friend. Listen, I don't Everyone know. I didn't say it. Himself. I don't know. You know what I'd like to do to protesters? Punch them in the face. Mr. Trump, it was on the news last night that you were Joey, sitting in your ple- robe. Joey, pleasure to see you. I missed you last week. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure to see you too, Mr. President. Thank you. you of were, course. You were in your robe. You were watching the news, and they told you that this happened. I don't own you a robe. You still don't have a comment? I don't own a robe. Joey, fake news. Don't do that. You know that. I still love you. You're a star. Joey, you're a star, but I don't own a bathroom. Okay. What was your question? you don't have a problem with uh, thugs beating up Kurdish people? You know, I talked about it at my rallies. I mean, and these are big rallies. I mean, the biggest the country's ever seen. Hundreds of thousands. I mean, it looked like the Third Reich. It was really tremendous. I don't have a problem. You know, if you want to protest, of course, that's your right. But you don't really have the right to protest. So is that driving out the evil? I don't know what you're referring to. If you're referring to the Bible, great book. Love it. Favorite book. M- Mr. President, would you say that you are envious Matt of- Matt 
Please wait your turn. Joey, are you finished? I yield the floor to Matt. That's very magnanimous of you, Matt. Mr. President, would you say... Happy birthday, <laughs> by th- the way. Th- thank you, Mr. President. <laughs> no problem. Would you say that you're envious of uh, the Turkish I don't envy of- anybody, but certainly... Well, well, their ability to just beat up their protesters? I do like it. I do like the fact that they can unanimously... What is that word? Unila- unilaterally. They can just on their own decide to do whatever. I like that. You know, I didn't realize tricky business being in government, being the president. You think President King... Dictator, not the case. There's other people you need to work with. Right, Melania? Shut up, Melania. Joey? How is your relationship with Men uh with her going? Who? Are you referring to Melania? Yeah, Melania. My beautiful beautiful wife. Yeah, who won't hold your hand apparently. It's frigid. I would say <laughs> if I had to say it's frigid. But I don't care because I'm a major league, big league celebrity. I grabbed him by the pussy, I don't care. You know that. Have you ever grabbed her? Yeah, like a bowling ball, of course. What? Inappropriate? Don't be a loser, Joey, like ISIS. Don't be a loser. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for... Well, you're really monopolizing the floor, Joey. Okay. This is unheard of, but okay. I appreciate your gumption. Quick question for you. Yes, sir. When you start calling everyone a loser... They are losers. There's a lot how of does, losers. How does a individual differentiate between a normal loser and a terrorist loser? Uh, first of all, there's no way that I'd be able to put myself in the mind space of a quote normal person because I'm the president. I'm very successful in business, lots of television, plenty of money. So basically everybody that isn't as successful as me, which to be honest, not many people. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Everybody's kind of a loser outside of me, Melania, Ivanka. That's it. My wives, I mean, my daughter, my one wife. Right? You get it. Yes, thank you for your time. My pleasure, Joey. Matt, you finished? I think Joey uh, asked all the questions we all wanted to know. I think so, too. Once again, he's a star. All right. Meanwhile, Trump spoke with President of the Philippines, Rodrigo Duterte, on a brief phone call last month, opening the conversation this way. To Rodrigo Duterte. Now, before I say what Trump said to him, Duterte's... I, I like where you're going with the question, Joe. You're absolutely right. He is envious to an extent of the of this. Like, he... How holds Erdogan, Duterte, Putin? He looks at people that have absolute power, essentially, as, like, pretty cool. Nah. He's into it. He doesn't mind it. He wants to be an autocrat. He wants, yeah. to, he wants to be a... He has some respect for it. Like, he actually envies Hitler, I think. Well, okay. So Duterte's drug war, quote, drug war, has killed, and this is for people just, if you're not paying attention to what's going on in the Philippines, it's a horrendous, I almost said it like, it's a terrible, uh, it is really an absolute crisis in the Philippines. He's, Duterte's drug war and like the police have killed about 10,000 people without charge or trial. He just murders them in the street. If they're accused of selling drugs, Doing drugs, having something to do with drugs. So they if just someone looks them. like heroin, they just kill them. They are dead. Yes. Wow. Murdered in the street. There's. It's a horrendous problem that's going on there. Um, this is what Trump had to say to Duterte on the phone. He goes, "I just wanted to congratulate you because I am hearing of the unbelievable job on the drug problem. Many countries have the problem. We have a problem." But what a great job you are doing, and I just wanted to call and tell you that. I understand that and fully understand that, and I think we had a previous president who did not understand that, but I understand that, and we have spoken about this before. Trump calls this guy, who is 
inches away from taking like absolute power in the Philippines. Like he wants to be a dictator. Like he wants to run that country uh, as a dictator. He is murdering. He's ordered the murder of people just in the streets. This is what this fuck had to say in September. This is a real quote from Rodrigo Duterte. He goes, Hitler massacred 3 million Jews. First of all, his mouth's off. Few more than that. Yeah. Now there is 3 million. What is it? 3 million drug addicts there are? I'd be happy to slaughter them. At least if Germany had Hitler, the Philippines would have me. You know my victims. I would like them to be all criminals to finish the problem of my country and save the next generation from perdition. That's the guy that Trump's like, great, great job. This guy literally compared himself to Hitler. I was like, I'd love to be Hitler. Does he know the difference between a drug addict and a drug dealer? He's not really parsing that. Uh, he's sort of just... Everyone's guilty. If you do drugs, you're a scumbag. Yeah, And, and there's no way to cure addiction. And addiction isn't caused by the fact that people are unhappy with their lives or no, well, that's... things are difficult. No, there's, there's no... Because if you kill one drug addict, no drug addict will pop up to fill that spot. At any it, point. Is this shit wild? Yes. It's terrifying. Trump's inviting him to the White House. He's like, yeah, come on. Come by. We have a drug problem. What is what, what, the same? <laughs> what, what's the situation? That's how you solve it? It's a really fucking wild, uh, wild thing. Does but, Trump want to, uh, instead of all the kids dying from the heroin, does he want to kill the kids that are using the heroin instead? Trump? I don't know what he wants to do. I don't think he wants to kill them, but... Trump just wants to win. That's all he wants. Uh, Trump also, by the way, in that phone call, told Duterte, this madman, uh, the location of two U.S. nuclear subs in the Korean Peninsula. Because he views the relationship with Philippines as crucial to, I guess, essentially, eventually attacking the Korea, North Korea. So Maybe he thought he was playing Battleship. Uh, also, now this is where the plot thickens. Duterte has declared martial law for 60 days in the southern island of Mindanao, I guess how you pronounce it, saying that he would not hesitate to extend martial law to the whole of the Philippines, if necessary, in the wake of an ISIS-linked attack that killed 21 people last week. His quote on that is, I will not allow abuses. The courts will stay open, but to anyone holding a gun or confronting the government with violence, my orders are, spare no one. Do not fuck with me. I would not hesitate to do anything and everything. This guy is angling to just run that country forever he does not give a fuck i'm sorry but it sounds like tony montana finally got to be president don't fuck with me i'll f meanwhile by the way the philippines have a worse gun problem than we do and it's not good no but he's doing a great job <laughs> wonderful job with the dry man really i couldn't have thought of a better way to do it myself by the way by the fucking way washington post which is where i got some of these quotes stop censoring curses the, the quote where he goes, don't fuck with me, they they bleeped out U-C-K. They did like the little... Oh, really? Are Come you on. crazy? What word could that possibly be? Yeah. Funk? What is it? Don't fart? Funk, don't funk with me. Don't fart with me. <laughs> uh, just stop it. We're adults. It's a newspaper. Come on. We can't... Yeah. We, oh, I can't... My delicate eyes can't see the word fuck? What are you, crazy? Children might see horrible... Good. Horrible words. Good, yeah. There's a butcher running Philippines. He curses. Also, he murders people for no reason. That's maybe what we should no, be more concerned no, about. No, Chris, there's he, a reason they're involved in drugs. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, they're, they're directly or indirectly. He's saving them from perdition. They're a scourge upon society. Damn. Also, so anyway. Also, at least they have a president who understands the word perdition. Does he? Who the hell knows? He believes it, too. He, he knows it's a word. I don't think Donald does. 
Hey, Matt, I rescind my birthday wishes. Done. Okay. Oh, I'm you're, so heartbroken. You're fired. Okay, I'll just get up and walk out. You haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> you're fired. Uh, all right. Ransomware. Did we talk about this last week? No, we weren't here last week. It was on the J Train, I believe. Oh, it was on the J Train podcast. A 22. Well, all right. So, a little background. So, there's this ransomware attack going around uh, called WannaCryptor 2.0 or WannaCry. It's this Ooh. ransomware attack that essentially gets on your computer, locks it up, and encrypts your files, and then asks you to pay, not asks you, demands you pay $300 in Bitcoin, which is a lot of money, to whoever you know is in control of this the ransomware attack to get your files back and if you have don't do it in two days it goes up to 600 and if you don't do it in another two days your files are gone you're they, they ruin your computer interesting thing the the shadow brokers remember shadow brokers mm-hmm. they were the ones that found that trove of nsa you know malware spyware all this hey, stuff. just all out though this is where they got this from. <laughs> this is where oh. it came from. Oh, no. Thanks, NSA. Yeah, exactly right. A tw- now, okay, so now this this infected like 50,000 computers, and they were really concerned like this could spread really quickly. A 22-year-old researcher identifying himself only as malware tech has for now stopped the WannaCrypto 2.0 or WannaCry ransomware attack that spread to over 45,000 computers worldwide over the last few weeks. I have a quote from him explaining how he stopped the attack. He goes, I was out having, lo- I was out having lunch with a friend and got back about 3 p.m. I believe he's British. He's British now? Yeah. He okay. is indeed British And now. saw an influx of news articles about the NHH, NHS and various UK organizations being hit. I had a bit of a look into that, and then I found a sample of the malware behind it. I sound like I feel like I'm doing Australian. I don't know. And saw that it was connecting out to a specific domain, which was not registered. So I picked it up, not knowing what it did at the time. The intent was to just monitor the spread and see if we could do anything about it later on. But we actually stopped the spread just by registering the domain. Initially, someone had reported the wrong way round. The wrong way round <laughs> that we had caused the infection by registering the domain. So I had a mini freak out until I realized it was actually the other way around and we had stopped it. So interesting. This 22 year old kid is just like, well, register the domain name. And that was the trigger because it's connected to that as like a fail stop. You know, a Do you know fail what's stop? The, That's not a word. A fail, fail safe. safe? Yeah. Fail safe. Do you know what's stop incredible gap? about that though? What, Joey? He was able to do that with $10.69. $10.69. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stopped. <laughs> Stop this from spreading. Um, Ten dollars yeah, because he registered cents. a domain, or he, for ten dollars six nine cents, he could have ruined every computer in the world. But yeah, and he just kept it going. Uh, so well, anyway, it's it, it's good that that stopped. Obviously, man, this shit's gonna keep happening, and also it raises questions about our own NSA and our own spying organizations. Like, what else why, did that? Yeah, well, we know, we kind of know, but why? Why is this stuff just out on random? servers in different places that it's available for shadow brokers or whoever to to find this stuff and then for a little while by the way somebody sent me an article was like it's the north koreans they were trying to put that out there but that's not the case it's yeah, not i been saw pro- that too not yeah, been proven yeah, yeah. at all yeah i don't believe you and it doesn't seem to be the case here careful be careful careful what you believe who you believe make sure you do your research look into it because it doesn't seem like it was the north koreans I haven't heard shit about that. You want to know who's good at looking into things? Former Deputy Attorney General Rod... Rosenstein? Rosenstein. Yeah. Do you know who he appointed? 
Well, don't jump ahead. Yeah, we're done. We're going to do the Trump odds and ends right now. This but is I part of the Trump odds and ends. But I have it in order, so wait for it. All right, fine. It. We're going to order. So we're going to get to the Trump odds and ends here. And then, wow, okay. So then we'll wrap up the program. That's fine. And then, again, let me just say this. Please do check out MSP 128.5. We're going to read some emails. And this, it's out right now. If you're listening to this, you can get that. Uh, and, you know, show some respect to our other sales sites and send them some emails. Uh, we'll talk about them on there. And, you know, we'll have a little bit more time to talk about it. So now the Trump odds and ends here. It's a little bit of a rundown, just bulleted points. Mm -hmm. What's going on as far as the investigation is concerned? Because we didn't get to talk about it last week, and I feel like a lot of shit kind of hit the fan like right after we recorded last week and the week before, and we didn't get to talk about it. So we're just going to run it down quick. Trump campaign investigation roundup. That's what I'm calling it. Trump threatened fired FBI director with, quote, tapes. By the way, Comey is set to testify after Memorial Day in a public hearing. So (laughs) stay tuned for that. Trump said on Twitter, James Comey better hope that there are no, quote, tapes of our conversation before he starts leaking to the press. Um, Here's the thing. (laughs) That's massively illegal for Trump to be just recording people surreptitiously in the Oval Office or wherever he's meeting with them. Uh, That's wild. And when has recording... Which I doubt he has. When has recordings in the Oval Office ever led a president astray? (laughs) Right. Yeah, I know. That's always a great idea. (laughs) Is this thing on? Uh... He'll forget. He's dumb. WikiLeaks is offering $100,000 for Comey tapes. I don't think there's Comey tapes. Oh. I think he just says things. He doesn't know. Uh, he also, I have a video here, Trump, admits that the Russia thing, quote, Russia thing, mm-hmm. factored into his reasoning for firing Comey, what? which is like, okay, that's what we said a couple of weeks ago. I was like, this is the best sign yet that there's something there. Because obviously, none of the reasons he's saying you fired him or why, it's because of this the Russia investigation, obviously. Well, mm. They keep shooting their own, own alibis. Just, it's, oh, we, we have this excuse. Nope, fuck that. We're going with, right. we're, we're doing it live. Right. This is Trump. Uh, what I did is I was going to fire Comey. My decision. It was not. You had made the decision before they came uh, in. The I, I was going to fire Comey. And in fact, when I decided to just do it, I said to myself, I said, you know, this Russia thing with Trump and Russia is a made-up story. It's an excuse <laughs> by the Democrats for having lost an election. He's a showboat. He's a grandstander. The FBI has been in turmoil. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. You take a look at the FBI a year ago. It was in virtual turmoil less than a year ago. It hasn't recovered from that. A dinner was arranged. I think he asked for the dinner. And he wanted to stay on as the FBI head. And I said, I'll, you know, consider. We'll see what happens. But uh, we had a very nice dinner. And at that time, he told me, you are not under investigation, that which was- I knew anyway. Uh, which th- th- didn't call me, correct me if I'm wrong, but he didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't tell Trump he wasn't under investigation. That's a lie. He is that. under investigation. Trump wanted to hear that he wasn't under investigation. Right. Okay. So anyway, so Trump... There he goes, basically like, yeah, I, you know, look, I fired him because obviously the Russia thing's fake. Meanwhile, he's acting like Comey is somehow a Democrat, Republican. He's just this guy. He's just the FBI director. He doesn't give a fuck. And he's a, his party was a, he's right, a Republican. And if he is, he's a Republican, right. But okay. Now, Robert S. Mueller, the yes. third former prosecutor and FBI director between 2001 and 2013, he was asked to stay on longer. It's a 10-year term. He stayed on longer. Has been appointed as special counsel to investigate 
the Trump Russia connection by all accounts. This guy is a legit problem. Yeah. Problem. So this is the guy you bring in for situations like this, not ideological, very, um, you know, well-respected within the FBI. Just like, just the, the guy you get when you need something like this done. Well, for, for the record, he was brought, he started a job at the FBI about like a week before nine 11, by the way. Yeah, tasked with like reorganizing it. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm just getting used to the job. Right. Have this shitstorm. Yeah. So there's also three other major events that he has played a part in, which just want to shine some light on. Sure. So you remember a little bit while ago where Volkswagen had that whole issue of. Joey's pronounced Volkswagen? <laughs> Thank you. Volkswagen! Of the software that hit the emissions test. Yeah. So a federal judge called him in to help settle the lawsuits. Oh, very good. Yeah. So, you know, when you have a star football player who punches his fiance in the face. No. Who do you bring in? That's right. The NFL went to Mueller. Really? To do a special report about Ray Rice. Wow. So this guy's really doing it. Now. That's what I'm saying. Bad situations like that, yes. Mueller. Now. Mueller. <laughs> Mueller. If you happen to have the company uh, that Snowden worked for, have somebody Booz else. Booz Allen Hamilton? Yes. That's insane that you know that off the top of your head. That's incredible. <laughs> Who are you going to call? Rob Mueller. <laughs> and somebody happened to, you know, steal some information. Who do you go to see how you should handle Howard Martin? You go to Mueller. Wow. Okay. So, right. So, this again, this jo- is the guy that they bring in for like. Joey's a bit of a man crush on this guy. He does. He likes him. Joey likes a problem solver. Man who gets things done. Man He's of a, He loves a yes. Winston Wolf type. Oh, is that it, Joey? I who who who's Winston? What? He's Harvey Keitel's character in Pulp Fiction. Oh, let's okay. not Thank start you. sucking each other's Thank dicks you. just yet, yeah, gentlemen. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as Matt said previously, uh, Mueller. Oh, I might smoke some weed and watch Pulp Fiction. <laughs> said earlier that he happened to uh, redo the FBI. It turns out that the person before him was Louis Fetch, okay. who was a luddite. Uh, uh, uh. A Luddite is somebody... I know what a Luddite is. Oh, you, you want to tell the Samsonites out Yeah, there? Luddite, well, actually, it goes back to, like, the the Industrial Revolution, where people were literally throwing printing presses and different machinery, like, out windows and stuff, because yes. they were they feared that it was, like, the devil. They were literally so anti-technology. Well, it was mainly to protect their jobs, actually. It was a... Uh, well, but whatever, was, but they were also scared of the shit. They, yeah, didn't, it was, they didn't it was, understand it. It was scared of the future and scared of, yeah. well, we had this cushy position, now we're going to get paid jack shit for... Yeah. But, they, but some of them actually were like, this is the devil. Yeah. So, it's 9-11, and... Uh, Shit happens, and they need to spread the information that they have photos of the hijackers. Yeah. 2001. we got to bring down the walls between different agencies. Thanks, W. Fucking moron. They're sending faxes. Uh-huh. Faxes. Right. That is how the FBI was operating in yeah. the Stone Age of using a fucking fax. Right. So Robert was able to get a bunch of money. He fixed up everything. He made everything work. To even tell you what a stand-up guy that he was, mm-hmm. back in 2004, when we had the NSA's warrantless wiretapping, yeah. he threatened to quit. Otherwise, they would have to tell everybody what was going on. So this is the type of individual that we have. Yeah, by all accounts, this guy... this like. 
this guy in charge of the investigation, I feel like the investigation goes fine. You know, whatever is going to be there, it's going to be there. And I think we can trust the results of what happens. This guy would have had Agent Mulder's back at all times in any investigation. Not sure what Nicely you're referencing. Done. Is that an X-Files yeah. reference? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, Booz Allen Hamilton. I'm like, Fox 5. I don't know what you're he, talking about. He never watched the X-Files. No, it's man. a shame. Uh, let me finish. Oh, well, see, okay, wait a minute. Can I just let yes. the Sam, I'll pull the curtain back for the Samsonites. Uh-huh. Next to the link to the article about Mueller, I said, Joey, have info on this. Hey, listen, more <laughs> importantly. He, no, I'm proud of you. You did good. Now, which is interesting is he has a international relations degree from the New York University. Okay. So maybe because he knows how to deal with international yeah. situations, he can use that in the same stage as national relations well i mean to me it seems like this guy's skill set kind of applies broadly you yeah. know what i mean like he kind of knows how to behave in all circumstances i, would, I, would I think at this point he's drawing on career experience rather yeah. than an undergraduate degree right right thank you matt uh, is that what you're trying to say well essentially yes uh, um thank you guys you good, you good? <laughs> i'm i'm done all right then this this one tickles my fancy house majority leader kevin mccarthy is republican from california joked putting in quotes air quotes a month before trump uh clinched the nomination that and here this is a direct quote there's two people i think putin pays rohrbacher and trump yeah <laughs> that's a joke he made rohrbacher is another uh republican who's like a fierce defender of russia and what for whatever reason from california and and he goes so there's two people i think putin pays rohrbacher and trump then paul ryan jumps in and was like you know Stop, like, nah, we're not going to have this conversation. People laugh, and then McCarthy goes, swear to God. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, and then Paul Ryan instructed them not to say anything, and he goes, no leaks. This is how we, we're a family here. Uh, and they did keep it quiet for like a year, but now it's out. So, doesn't sound like a joke. It's like a weird thing to joke about, right? It's locker room talk, Chris. It's locker, yeah, it's room, locker talk. room talk. I know. You grab my pussy, you the, listen, take money from Putin. It's all it, done in the locker room. It's all crazy. Like, why would you make that joke? That's like, uh, you know, joke. If somebody made a joke about Nancy Pelosi getting a uh, facelift, right? Like, it's a joke, but she did. You know what I mean? Obviously, like her fucking face is all fucked up, Nancy Pelosi. Obviously, she had some work done. That's like, jo- it's like joking about Pamela Anderson. Be like, I swear to God, I bet Pamela Anderson got her tits done. Yeah, she did. It's a joke, but it's it also happened. Kim Kardashian, she had her ass implant. This is not like he's joking, but also it's true, right? Like something's going on with him in Russia, and that's why they're joking about it. That's why jokes are funny, because they're true. And you usually finish your jokes up, up with after laughter. I swear to God. Yeah, right, right. He goes, no, I swear to God. I swear to God. I, I swear to God. God. I, I swear. I'm taking money from Putin. I swear to God. Like, okay, okay. We're not going to talk about it. All right, Paul Ryan, you fucking nerd bitch. Uh, <laughs> former CIA head John Brennan told the House Intel Committee he has, quote, unresolved questions about Trump-Russia ties. He thinks that this is completely warranted uh, to keep investigating here. Comey memo says Trump asked him to end the Flynn investigation, which it's like, that's fucking illegal, but okay, and we'll see where that goes. Is it illegal or just question? It's actually legal to... I guess it's not illegal. It's questionable. Yeah, right? it's, it's questionable. It, it, well, it depends what he how he did it. Like, if he told, you know... How, uh, how says, far into hey, getting Comey, this? Hey, you might you might want to look the other way here. Just right, right. You could sleep with the vodka. That's illegal. There's that's nothing illegal. To see well, that's called prostituting your daughter, Chris. My wife. Oh yeah, my daughter. <laughs> she's well, you know, she's a prize. She really is. God, if she wasn't my daughter. You've said that before, and it was creepy then, and it's creepy now. So, I just respect her beauty, beautiful butt. Okay, uh, so that's. 
that happens. And then finally, the FBI has identified a significant, a quote, significant White House person of interest who is, quote, close to the president uh, in the investigation. So, but I haven't read anything else on that front. But it seems like they're finding something. Should, should we take they bet- better. Should we take bets on who it is? I don't know, man. What are the it odds? could be anybody close to him. It's like it's Bannon. It's Kushner. It's a- any of them. His son. It's kid. It could be the kids. Did, did it actively limit it to one person? It said a, a person of interest. Okay. So, yeah. so, I mean, I feel like there's multiple people involved there. Of course. Of course. Well, yeah. I mean, Sessions, obviously. Oh, it could be Sessions. You're right. Speaking of Sessions, uh, meanwhile. Is well, it Barron? It might be Barron. You're right. That's smart. That's why they left him in New York. Yeah. Smart. Attorney General Jeff Sessions is rolling back Obama-era drug sentencing reforms. Here's his quote. The policy of firms... Jeez, what does that accent sound like? The policy of firms, our responsibility. Kind of like that, right? How Alabama? about the EVA corporations? You, you, you want to do that? This policy affirms our responsibility to enforce the law is moral and just and produces consistency. This policy fully utilizes the tools of Congress has given us. By definition, the most serious offenses are those that carry the most substantial guideline sentence, including mandatory minimum sentences. Uh, uh, yes, absolutely. Basically, what Sessions is saying is like, yeah, if you get arrested for a low-level drug offense, but there's a minute mandatory minimum, <laughs> we're you're gonna get, give it. You're to getting people. it. We're gonna pro- so it's basically uh, more compa- more compassion from the uh, the the religious folk. Basically, what he's saying is black people belong in jail. Right. Oh, absolutely. One hundred percent. Or he's also saying, I wish third I- strike people, you're fucked. Like he's saying, I wish I was Duterte. <laughs> they all do. They all behave like him. They 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 pretend they don't want it, but oh, they do want it. If, if Sessions could go around killing everyone with a. I don't know about Sessions, but Trump would, I bet. No, I mean, because he thinks there's more black people who do drugs is his philosophy, therefore he wants to... I mean, mandatory minimums are made to put black people in prison because the punishment for crack is worse than it is for coke. Right. Well, that's part of that, right? It would roll back the the fair sentencing. I think it's 18 to 1 now, but I think they would go back to whatever was, 70 to 1 or something. Yeah. 80 to 1, whatever. Um, Let's just try to to help these people, not just ruin their lives. Well, right. Finally... David Letterman, my favorite, gave an interview with GQ. He's getting the Mark Twain Award, which richly deserved. I love David Letterman. Still miss Letterman. Letterman was my favorite one. Great interview. Not afraid to say something when he wanted to say it. Now you got a lot of mealy mouths on TV. Even Colbert. I can't. I don't know. He's annoying. I don't like a lot of them. But neither here nor there. On regretting having Trump as the as a, the late show guest, he goes, no, no reason to regret it. I'm disappointed that this man is representing me and my country. It makes me sick. He continues, he was just a big, <laughs> I, this is why I miss Letterman. He goes, he was just a big, wealthy dope who'd come on and we'd make fun of his hair. I would refer to him as a slumlord. <laughs> slumlord. <laughs> slumlord. But now this goon, I don't know, he's demonstrated himself to be a man without a core, a man without a soul. Is there a guy in there? I would love to have 90 minutes with him in a TV studio just to talk to the guy. I would just like to say, all right, Don, what the fuck happened? <laughs> I love David Letterman, uh, and that I just want to read that because it makes me happy. You look like Letterman today, Joey, with your big bushy beard. Oh, well, I'm going to take it as a compliment. You Thank should. you. You should. Um, all right. That's all I got. Does anybody else have anything? I think we got it all. Yeah, we did. We made a nice comeback here. Again, next week we're going to talk about the uh, Facebook leaked documents which i think would be an interesting thing to talk about and uh once again happy birthday to matt weiss thank happy you. 27th my man i'm glad you're here uh joey thank you as always you're welcome appreciate the information about bob Mueller. you really did a great job there Mueller. um 
Also, before we give the little like wrap of plugs and whatnot, check out this week's bonus episode, MSP 128.5. It's out right now. We read some emails and we talk about them. And there's a really good one. Somebody sent me a clip of Milton Friedman and I'm going to lose it. So you should probably listen. Oh, it's going to be good. For the record, that's not the first time I've seen or heard that either, by the way. No, of course not. It's a little tease. Check it out. Uh, what else? Oh, blueapron.com slash Samson. First three meals for free with free shipping. It's really good. My mom Goof, swears. Goover Chris's mom. Yeah, she, she would love it. She'd be very happy. She means it. Mandatory Samson. Nope. Yeah, well, whatever. I'll just start with that. I said mandatory. I had no idea where I was going. Mandatory Samson at gmail.com. You can send us an email. Uh, maybe you can find your way onto the episode or a bonus episode even. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash mandatory Samson. You can subscribe on there. You can follow us. You can leave a comment on the episode, and I'll have a nice little conversation with you uh, in the week uh, between episodes. You can go on Apple Podcasts, which is what iTunes is now called. Apple Podcasts and go on there. You can rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We'd really appreciate it. At Man Samp on all social media platforms. I have a nice picture of myself this week with the famed astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, who was in here for the UFC podcast. Very cool. Uh, Joey is at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is, of course, spelled with a Z. And Matt is Matt D. Weiss on Twitter. You can wish him a happy birthday if you'd like. And that's about it. We will be back next week talking about God knows what, but it'll be a lot. We love you. Check out the bonus episode. We'll talk to you sometime soon. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. No, we out.